name of uh, chapter 2, when it says that to the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, I just couldn't get there. I couldn't, it's, it's too much. I couldn't finish it. And we were moving. So today we're going to take a break off of that. Um, we're just going to talk about something different. I'm really hoping that next week we'll jump back into talking about the power of the name of Jesus. Amen? I'm sorry, guys, but I figured some sermon is better than no sermon. Amen? <laughs> so um, this is just things like I feel like the Lord has been really speaking to my heart about that verse for a while and just giving me all these examples about this sermon pretty much like I didn't even sit down to read a single commentary for it. This is just stuff that I feel like God has been speaking to my heart lately, particularly in regard of our church situation and seeking God for a revival. So let me just share with you a couple of things that um, I feel like the Lord has been speaking to my heart. So our text today is from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn it there or everything is written in the notes. Just make sure everybody has some, okay? So Hebrews 11, 5 to 6, here is what the scripture says. Uh, By faith... Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found, he was not found on earth, because God took him up, for he obtained the witness that before his um, being taken up, he was pleasing to God. So the Bible says Enoch by faith was taken up because before he was taken up, he pleased God. And because he pleased God, God took him up. He didn't die. So... Talking about what pleases God, that started the author of Hebrews to write verse 6. What is it really that is pleasing? Note the word pleasing. This is something God takes pleasure in. Amen? Here is what is pleasing to God. Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen? For he who comes to God, you and me, if we ever come to God, here is what we need to do. We must believe. Believe what? Faith. Here it is. Here is the things that are pleasing to God. That faith. That he is, amen, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? That's the phrase that I have been feeling like stuck in brain. He is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This is what the author of Hebrew is telling us that is pleasing to God. If you ever approach God in prayer or approach God in any manner, this is the two fundamentals that you need to be assured of. And without these two, it's impossible to please God when you approach him. Amen? What are these two fundamentals? Number one, that he is, he is good. He is able, he is powerful, he is everything that he declares that he is about himself. Amen? Your situation, your life circumstances might not say that. You look at what's going on and you say, how can it ever be possible that a good God would allow that to be? And you come to praise like, God, I'm going through that problem, that sickness, that situation, that family thing. My son is not a Christian, he's far away from the Lord. And you come to God and you're like, how can you ever be God? This is your brain. How can you ever be good and you're allowing all this to happen? But the Bible tells us this. When you come to God, you need to know that you know that you know two things. Number one, He is. Amen? He is good. He is faithful. He is able. It doesn't matter what life tells you. It doesn't matter what situation tells you. It doesn't matter what Satan is trying to tell you in your brain. He is. Amen? But not only that, he is also what? 
the rewarder of those who do what? Diligently seek him. Do you know what that means? That means if you seek him and it doesn't seem like you're getting an answer, don't give up. Amen? Because he is what? The rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you seek him a little bit more, if you seek him a little bit harder, he is and he is what? The rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? Let me just give you some examples from the scripture. How is it that he is and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Amen? A couple of stories and a couple of parables in the scripture. Let's start with the first story. Mark chapter 10 verse 46 uh, to 52. This is the story of a blind man. His name is Bartimaeus. The son of Timaus, that's his name, okay? And we preached on that guy not too long ago, but let's just read the story one more time. Let me give you a little bit of a background. Jesus, at that point, is leaving Jericho, going to Jerusalem, and he's going to be crucified, amen? So this is one of the very last miracles that Jesus actually performed on his earthly life. Here is the story. Then they came to Jericho, that's Jesus, the disciples, and all the crowds that follow him. And as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside doing what? Begging. He's a beggar, sitting at the door outside in the streets, begging for money. Verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, do what? Have mercy on me. Right? Verse 48. Many rebuked him. He was seeking Jesus. He was trying to get healed. Nothing wrong with that. But the more he's trying to seek Jesus, many rebuked him. The harder he seeks, he doesn't find the answer, right? What does he find? Resistance, right? The more he seeks Jesus, the more resistance he finds. The more he seeks Jesus, the more his situation to seem to be impossible and more impossible to be resolved. Amen? And then verse um, 48, many rebuked him and told him, shut up, be quiet. But he shouted all the more. The more resistance he faces, the more he shouts higher and higher. And the higher and higher he shouts, the more resistance he faces. I tell you, that does, does that sound so good to me, does it? But then he shouts more higher and higher. And he says, verse 48, son of David, have mercy on me. Let's just stop here for a second. I want to pause the story. And I want to imagine for a second, okay, that we actually have Brother Bartimaeus attending the church with us today because I want to interview him. I want to know what is going on in his mind at that particular moment when he's shouting higher. And the higher he shouts, the more resistance he, he finds. So let's imagine he's here. And I'm asking him, Brother Bartimaeus, I have a question for you. He's like, yes, how can I help you, Pastor, Pastor Cammy? I was like, I'm just looking at your situation right now, okay? I mean, again, Jesus is about to close all his earthly ministry. He's, he's almost done with all the miracles that he has accomplished at that point, right? Now, look, I just went back and looked how many blind people Jesus has healed up till that point when Bartimaeus is crying out to Jesus for, for recovery of sight. Let's just recall them to you guys. Because I'm telling the same thing to Brother Bartimaeus. I'm trying to tell him, you know. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus healed two blind men. They just said, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus said, oh, well, go, go away. You're healed. And the guy healed right away. Matthew 11, 5. 
they asked Jesus, are you, are John the Baptist is doubting you, are you the Messiah? Guess what Jesus said in defense, what, here's what's happening in my ministry, the blind do what? Receive sight. There's a lot of blind people I have already healed. Matthew 12, 22. And they brought to him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. How hard that was for Jesus to heal. How, how difficult was it for that man to receive his recovery of sight? And Jesus healed him just like that. He didn't have to cry. He didn't have to struggle. He didn't have to beg Jesus for recovery of sight. He just, they, they brought him to Jesus and Jesus like, okay, you're healed, go. And he's gone, healed. And Jesus healed them so that he could both talk and see. Matthew 15, 30. Here it is. Great crowd came to him bringing the lame. And what? And the blind and the crippled, the mute and many others. And laid them at his feet. How hard was it for the blind people in that incidence to be healed? Nothing. They just laid them at the feet of Jesus. And they all got Healed right away. They all got healed. And in, in John chapter 9, we read the story about the man who was born blind. And the disciples like, Jesus, is it him or his fathers who, or his parents who sinned? And Jesus, neither him nor his family, but this so that the glory of God will be fulfilled. Jesus takes him, spit on the ground, make mud, put it in his eyes, go wash, and he's healed. How much begging did this guy ask for Jesus? Can somebody help me here? None, right? Let's lead another story. This is the last healing of, of eyesight. In Mark chapter 8, this is Mark 10, where the story of Bartimaeus. In Mark 8, two chapters before, before that, we read about the guy that Jesus healed in two stages. He prayed for him. We're not going to go into it today, but he asked him, do you see anything? He's like, oh, I see men's like trees. And he's like, okay. He prays for him one more time, and he's totally healed. So I'm just imagining, I am pretty sure at this time, Bartimaeus, maybe part of his persistence to keep crying out that Jesus will have mercy on him is all the stories that he have heard before. He heard so many stories about blind people that Jesus has healed with just one touch or just one word, right? And I'm just imagining him right here. And I want to pick up what's going on in his brain. And I'm asking him, Bartimaeus, why in the world are you still seeking after Jesus? Haven't you heard all these stories? None of these people cried out to him. None of these people kept on begging for him that he will intervene and give them recovery of sight. Right? He's like, yeah, right. I was like, don't you know, Bartimaeus, that if Jesus wants to give you the recovery of sight, you would have been healed already? Don't you know that? Guess what Bartimaeus is going to answer? Here is, his, here is his answer. Amen? He said, you know what, Pastor Cammy? I don't know. Here is what I don't know. I don't know why it seems like my healing is a whole lot more difficult than so many other people. I don't know why Jesus hasn't healed me already. I, he, I don't know why I, the more I cry, the harder I cry for him, the harder the resistance becomes. I don't know why he healed that man that was born blind without even him seeking or saying a word. And here I am crying and crying and crying. And the harder I cry, the nothing I get except more resistance. He says, I don't know none of that but here is what I know amen I know that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him amen I know that he is able because he healed blind eyes before I know that he can heal my eye he is the son of David and that's the one I'm seeking amen I know that he's able and I know that he is good even though it seems difficult and unexplainable and they cannot fathom it but I know that he is good and that he is able amen, amen. and not only he is but he is also what the rewarder of those who diligently seek 
seek him. I know that if he doesn't answer me yet, if I just seek him a little bit more, if I just cry a little bit louder, then the son of David will have mercy on me because he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? You ready to read the rest of the story? Amen. Verse 49. Jesus stopped and said what? Call him. Jesus stopped and called him. We talked about this before, and I told you the whole point of the Gospel of Mark is that Jesus is the servant of God. And the single common word in that Gospel is the word immediately. You just, you read it over and over. Jesus went to that city, did healing, and then he immediately left, went to that city to do ministry and healing. And the whole idea is he's serving, he's doing ministry. Immediately did that, immediately did this, immediately did that. But this is the only time in the whole book that we read that Jesus stopped. He stood still in the middle of his rush, immediately, 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 immediately. But now he's what? Stopped. He stood still. You know why? Because he is and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. They brought Bartimaeus to him. Jesus, like, what do you want? It's like, I want the recovery of sight. Jesus said, you're healed. Go. And then he said, your what? Faith has made you well. What is that faith? He definitely trusted that Jesus is able, right? But it's not just the faith that Jesus is able, but he cried out over and over and over and was so persistent seeking him. Amen? Does that sound like Hebrews 11:6? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen? For he who comes to God, like Bartimaeus, must believe. Believe what? That he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? Amen. He is and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's take another example. Matthew 15. Now, this is a story of a Canaanite woman. A, a, a foreigner to the nation of Israel. Let's read that story. Leaving that place, Jesus and the disciples, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now he's going to the land of the uh, Gentiles, a uh, foreign land. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, again, what? Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Why? Because my daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. Isn't that mean? Jesus did not, can you, I mean, can you imagine? This is Jesus whom people don't even have to do with anything. He just moves with compassion for them without even them asking or seeking or doing anything. He just looked at people and he just moved with compassion to them. And here we have that Canaanite lady begging him for something that bad. She's asking for her daughter. I mean, Right? I mean, this is, that doesn't sound like a selfish request for me, does it to you? She's asking for her daughter. Yet Jesus did what? Did not answer a word. So much, she was crying so much, so that the disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. She's walking behind us. She's making all these people looking at us. She's getting too much attention to us. Send her away. Just get rid of her. He answered, what? I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And then the woman came to him and she said, Lord, do what? Help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. This is it. I mean, let's, let's have this Canaanite lady for another interview, amen? I mean, woman, let me ask you a couple of questions. I mean, how 
can Jesus be more blunt with you than this? He doesn't want to heal your daughter. Don't you get it? Just leave him alone, right? How can he be more clearer than this? Don't you know how many people that are demon-possessed that Jesus just healed with one word? They didn't need to strive the way you're striving. They didn't need to beg the way you're begging. They didn't need to chase Jesus down the road the way you're doing. If he wants to heal your daughter, she would have been healed already, right? Don't you know that? Guess what she's going to say? She's going to say this. Well, I really don't know why my situation is a whole lot harder than so many other people. Amen? I don't know why is it me that have to do so much begging and so many other people didn't even have to do anything. Jesus just saw them and he healed them right away. I don't know why. I don't know why my situation is so exceptionally difficult. But here is what I know. Amen? I know that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? I know that he's able to cast that demon with one word and I know that he is good that he loves me that it doesn't matter my situation looks like he still cares about me in spite of everything that my eyes and my brains are telling me amen he is but not only that he's also what the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. She says, I know if I pray a little bit harder, if I can push through a little bit more, I know that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He'll come through for me and he will hear my daughter. Amen? Amen. Ready to finish the story? Jesus said, it's not good that I take that bread and throw it to the dogs. And, she, and then she replied, yes, it is, Lord. She said, even the dogs eat from the crumbs that falls from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, what? Woman, you have what? Great faith. Again, you have great faith. Your request has been granted and your daughter has been healed. You have great what? Doesn't that sound like Hebrews 11, 6? That he who comes to God must believe, must have faith, because it's impossible to please God without faith, right? It's impossible to please him without faith. And he who comes to God must believe two things. Number one, that he is, in spite of all the situation, all the circumstances, all the lies of the enemy, he is good, he is able, and he loves me, and he cares about me. He says he is everything that he declares about himself. Amen? He is, but not only that. He is what? The rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If I pray a little bit more, if I push through a little bit harder, he will come through for me. Amen? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's example number two. Let's read example number three. Now, that's uh, not a story, but more like Jesus' teaching. That's from Luke 11, 1 to 13. Now, here is the context of that. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Do you see the context of that now? This whole teaching that we're going to read right now, in the context of Jesus teaching us, you and me, his disciples, how to pray. Okay, so the story starts, I mean, the teaching starts with Jesus telling them about the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, and that's verses 1 to 5. Now, verse 5. Still, in the context of Jesus teaching us how to pray, amen? Verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and, do, um, and you go to him at the midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. 
a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, leave me alone. Okay, you prayed, you made your request known, I got it, I heard you, and the answer is no, go away, amen? That's the story here. The one from inside says, don't bother me, the answer is no, your request has been denied. Now, the door is already locked. Here's the reason. The, ro- the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. You are so inconvenient for me, I ain't going to do it. I can't get up and give you not just bread. I can't give you what? Anything. Anything. Not even, like, nothing. You're just done with me. As far as I'm concerned with you, we're done, right? But look at the answer. To I tell you, here is what Jesus said. Even though he will not get, get up and give him the bread because of the friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, just keep begging and keep asking and keep knocking, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. That's what it says here. You know why? You know Jesus said you have to keep pushing through because he who comes to God must believe what? That he is. Even though I don't understand it, even though I don't know what I'm getting, no for an answer. I'm asking for something just fine. I'm asking for my son's salvation. How can God wait on that? I don't get it. But here is the faith that we need when we approach God. He is. He is good. He is able, in spite of every lie of the enemy, he's still good and he's still able. And not only that, he is what? The rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not just say, oh God, it would be good if he can do it. This is kind of like, God, you must do this. You have to show up. You have to intervene in that situation. Amen? And then Jesus explains that more. Verse 9, so I say to you, in the same manner, I say to you, just like that friend ultimately, at the end of the story, had to get up just to get rid of his begging, nagging friend. So I say to you, this is how you pray. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock the door and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened to him. This is just, I think it's a three different levels of prayer. You ask, nothing happens. If it happens, praise God. If it doesn't happen, you don't quit. You, but after that, you seek. And if it, it is granted, praise God. If it didn't grant, then guess what? You knock. You don't give up. You keep on praying. You keep on seeking. You know why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe two things. Amen? Number one, that he is. And number two, that he is what? The rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You keep on seeking till God intervene and answer your prayer. Amen? And then verse 11, which if you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, it will give him a snake instead. <laughs> the answer is obviously none. Or if you ask for an egg, he will give you a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give your good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen. The idea here is this. Jesus is saying this. If you're being evil, know how to treat your kids right. Don't, won't I do that? So the idea here is this. You have to trust that I am good and I'm going to come through. I have it. I got it in my hand. I have the plan. Your part is to keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. Because even though 
though it doesn't make any sense to you and it seems harder and harder and harder, you need to know this. I am a good father. And if the evil fathers can do good things, I am surely going to come through for you. Amen? Amen? It is impossible to please God without faith, to trust him. When everything says don't, when the lies of the enemy says don't trust him no more. He, he, if he wanted to save you, he would have done it already. It's without faith. It's faith that pleases God. Amen? And without that trust in his goodness, in his faithfulness, and even in his power, there is nothing that is pleasing to him. Amen? Amen. So those who come to God must believe that he is... He's a good father. He's a good God. He's not a mean one. He's not a grouchy one. He loves us. And not only he loves us, he's also able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what we can ever ask or imagine. Amen? All what we have to do is just diligently seek him. Even if you don't get an answer, you push him through more and more and more. And the harder resistance, the louder you get, just like Bartimaeus. Amen? God is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. He will come through. Amen? Amen? Let's read that last example. That's from Luke 18, 1 to 8. Now, that's Jesus teaching his disciples a parable. And then he said, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them what? That they should always, always pray and not give up. Question. If giving up is not a possibility, do you think the scripture have mentioned that? No, right? Giving up is a possibility. That's why Jesus is saying, don't give up. I know it might come to that point that you want to say, well, he's not answering. If he would have answered, he would have answered already. I might as well just throw the whole thing in the trash and forget about it. Amen. But Jesus says this. Here is an example for you. Never to give up. Even when you try and you don't give an answer, you do what? Don't give up up. You know why? Because he is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? If, if, if you're going to say a word like God saved my son on Monday morning to Monday night, he's saved, then you're not really needing to diligently seek God, right? You don't have to trust that God is good or able or mighty because your situation actually says something and it happened, right? God wants us to trust him. Even though everything in our lives says don't, it cannot be possible, it can never be good, we have to trust him no matter what. Amen? So Jesus said, here is the teaching for you that you should always pray and never give up, even though it seems like you should. Amen? And then he said in verse 2, a certain, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Okay, that's a good judge right there. And uh, verse 3, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. And she would say, grant me justice against my adversary. For, uh, for some time he refused. So, like, this is not an easy thing. It's not like the lady goes to him Monday morning, Monday night, this, uh, you know, just like tell her, well, I have two people ahead of you. Let me finish them first. She waits for the two people and everything is said and done. This is not any of this situation. Amen. She kept on coming. She kept on asking because he didn't care about her. He didn't want to do right by her. Amen. For some time he refused, but... Finally, he, came, he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or care about what people think, I don't care if I treat this lady right, he's saying. I don't care about that. Um, I don't care about what people think. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, because she's bugging me, she's nagging, I want to just get, her, get rid of her. I will see that she gets her justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Oh my gosh, she, she, she's a one lady, amen? Verse 6, and the Lord said, listen, 
this is what the Lord says. This is the application. Listen to what the unjust judge said. This judge is unjust. And he granted the petition of the widow because of her persistence. Verse 7. And will not God, who is a just judge, who is a good loving father, will not God bring about justice for who? His chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? That implies that he put them off for a while, right? Because he says, keep putting them off. That means he seems like God is putting you off for a while. But Jesus is saying he's not going to keep putting you off for so long. Amen. He might put you off for a little bit, but he's not going to put you off forever. Amen. Will not. Will he keep putting them off? Verse 8, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and what? Quickly, but not in your time, in his time. Amen? And quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find what? Faith. faith. It's the same faith that the author of Hebrews is talking about. Will he find faith on earth? What is Jesus trying to tell us in that last phrase? Here is what Jesus is telling us. He's saying, the question is not if God will answer the prayer or not, because he will surely answer. Amen? The question is not about God's justice or about God's goodness or about God's mercy or about God's power. He will surely come through. The question is, when the answer comes, will God find you on your knees seeking him diligently? That's the question. Will God find in you that kind of faith that you trust in his goodness and his power, even though it seems like you shouldn't, even though the enemy tells you that you shouldn't? Will God find that faith in you when he comes through with the answer for you? Amen? Amen. It is the exact same faith that the author of Hebrews is telling us that he who comes, it's impossible. Without that trust in God, in spite of everything that is going on in our life, you trust him. He's, he's, he's in charge. It doesn't matter what the enemy tells you. It doesn't matter what life throws at you. He's good and he's able. Amen. And without that faith, it's impossible to trust God. And not only that, but he who comes to God must believe. Must believe what? Two things. He is... He is. He is everything that he, he said he is. And not only that, but he is what? The rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If I push a little bit through, if I pray a little bit harder, he will come through for me. Amen? Amen. He is. And he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Why I'm sharing all of this with you? What is that? I gotta keep pushing. I'm just thinking for us, like as a church here, and um, every Thursday, we get together, and these prayer points has not really been changed for, for, for God knows how long. And every time we come here and pray for signs and wonders, and we pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and we pray for a move of God. And I have to tell you the truth. Some Saturday, Thursdays when I'm here praying, I'm like, God, we said that last week. We said that the week before. We have been saying that every single week. We need you to show up. And this is what I feel like God is speaking to my heart back. I have to believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. As a church, I mean, we've been laboring. I, I know myself, been here with you guys for what, a year and a half, give or take, something like that. And it's still, we haven't seen a move of God yet, right? But I have to trust that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It doesn't mean that we need to be lazy and not take the gospel out. We need to be intentional with the gospel. But ultimately, even though it doesn't seem like it's working, we have to trust him. That he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? Amen. Now, for you, as for you guys individually, if you have somebody who's not a Christian, who's not a believer, 
I want to encourage you, even though it seems like you're praying and nothing is happening, like your daughter's situation, Brother Emmanuel, just, he is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You're praying, you're asking, and it doesn't seem like it's working. You should just about like, God, it's a, I should just forget the whole thing. It's not working. If you wanted to answer, you should have answered already, right? If you're praying according to God's will, you have to believe. You have to trust him. Amen? Even though the answer is not at the door, you still have to trust him. Amen? And you must, when you come to God, believe in two things. Number Number one, that he is, and number two, that he is the what? The rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The harder the resistance, the harder the prayer should be. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's come to God now.